Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. In the book of Isaiah chapter 40, starting at verse 27, you will find these words. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Saints of God, today I just want to talk to you from the thought. God knows where you are. God knows where you are. Amen. Thank you for standing for the reading of God's word. This passage that I read in your hearing is the contextual passage around a very familiar scripture that was not read in your hearing, which was verse 31 which says, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But in order to understand the impetus or the reason for the encouraging words of verse 31, you really need to see the context at which verse 31 is placed. One of the things about scripture, and I I continue to uh, harp on this, is the idea is that if you're going to understand the content of a passage, you must get the passage in the context in which it is placed. So what you don't want to do is grab a scripture and go running off with it. Because what ends up happening is you taking a text and you end up with a pretext. In the uh, theological realms, in the seminary realms, there's these terms called exegesis and eisegesis. One is exegesis where you, you extract from the content, based on the content, what the passage means. But isogesis takes a text and makes it whatever you want to make it without its context. 
You don't want to isogeet a text, you want to exegete it. Amen. You want to get a context before you try to get the content. Amen. Are y'all following me today? So today our emphasis is on the context of verse 31. So therefore I need to give a context to wrap around the context of 31. And the context of verses 27 through 30 at a macro level is the context of war. It is the context where we now have one kingdom that's been broken into two. In the days of Isaiah, amen, things have really gotten bad for the nation of Israel. By now, amen, Solomon's son, Rehoboam, has become the king, amen, has torn the kingdom up because he wouldn't listen to wise counsel. That was his whole problem in the first place. God had put a multitude of counselors in his way and he would not use them. He went around and he went with his cronies, amen, and he was greedy. They were having issues with the taxes and the nation couldn't take it any longer. So they split. A family has now split and got two kingdoms with two kings and the kings are warring and now everybody can't be on the page with God now because we got division. And see, that's what happens, amen. When division comes into a family, somebody is out of the will of God. You can't have division without at least one person being out of the will of God. Are y'all following me? So anytime you got strife or opposition in a family or in a friendship or in an organization of any kind, there's at least one that's out of the will of God. A lot of times everybody is. And in the context of this, pro, this, this passage, both nations are out of the will of God. One of them looks more like he's, he's on point, but they're off too. See, Israel is with, not without blame, and nor is Judah. In the text, Jacob or Israel, Isaiah is preaching to them for an impending judgment but is also preaching the mercy of God if they would just turn around, if they would just stop trying to have it their way, that God was willing to forgive them and bless them. I, I was talking uh, the other day from uh, the second chapter of Genesis and talked about how God blessed the seventh day. When I talk about blessing here, the idea of blessing from that Hebrew word sitting in the Old Testament is the idea of health, happiness, and assets. See, God wants to bless you. He don't want to curse you. He wants to give you good health. He wants to give you happiness. And he wants to give you great wealth. See, God is a God of abundance not of scarcity. It is when the enemy comes in that he convinces us that we're in a place of scarcity when we're really in a position of abundance. Because when you serve God, this God, 
As we talked about in Sunday school, the Lord God, Yahweh, who is the creator of the entire universe, everything is at his disposal. Everything that you know you need and even that that you don't know you need. And this God is the God that wants to bless you. But he can't bless mess. He, he can't bless sin and strife. He, he can't bless that because then he wouldn't be God. Because then he'd be a capricious God who in some way would be unrighteous. And God can't be unrighteous. God by his very nature is righteous. So when you've got division amongst you and you want God to get on your side, you need to be careful here because it just might be you're the one that's out of the will of God. There have been times when I just knew that I was right. I just knew that I was, I was vindicated. I just knew that I was justified in my position about something because somebody else was so wrong. But what I failed to remember is that I have a finite mind and I don't know everything. I haven't been everywhere, I haven't seen everything. And then in this particular case, I didn't even have a full picture of what was going on there. And then as time went along, I found out that this whole justification scene that I built in my own head was a farce. It didn't make no sense and I was wrong for the position that I took. And that can easily happen with us because we don't know everything. We gotta be careful. And that's why God gives us the Spirit of God so that we can converse with Him and let Him talk to us about situations in our lives so that we can respond correctly to issues. And sometimes the will of God is that even though you could be justified in your response to something, God wants you to be wronged for the right. That's an old saying, amen, that the old folks used to say all the time. And I understand it better now because I read the sixth chapter of 1 Corinthians. What that means is sometimes it's better that you accept the wrong so that the unity of the, the, the collection can be right. Sometimes it's going to take you compromising. Sometimes it's going to take you looking beyond somebody's fault and seeing their need. Sometimes you can't just always lay down the gauntlet and say, they're wrong and I'm right, and I'm just going to stand my ground. Sometimes you got to be the bigger person by looking past their fault and seeing their need. Sometimes you got to absorb some things folk do to you. You got to absorb some stuff folks say about you. Amen. Amen, because for the greater good. Lord, have mercy today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, because of your grace and mercy. There are things that have happened to me just here at New Zion. If I had taken the position of just, I'm gonna stand my ground on this. I truly believe that would not have been to the betterment of this church. Sometimes I got to love through some heartache. I got to love through some pain. 
And it just may be that even after I believed that I was completely in the right, that if I allow God to keep me getting up and going to bed, I might find out that you know what? Even I was also in the wrong. See, we got to be careful. That's why God says to us, we need to be long-suffering. We, we need to be those who also are able to absorb some licks. Sometimes we got to absorb some wrong, amen, for the collective right. And see, what has now happened to Israel, they split because everybody took their ground. Jacob or Judah is on the south, Israel's in the north. We got 10 tribes in the north and two in the south. Jerusalem's in the south. They look good down there because at least they got the worship spot, but they're just as treacherous as the northern kingdom. The northern kingdom is up there worshiping in two places where God never told them to, in Dan and Bethel. They got idol worship going on. They looking bad even on the outside while Judah is looking bad on the inside. Yeah, they're going to Jerusalem and worshiping, but their hearts are far away from the Lord. See, that's tricky. Sometimes the one that is closest to the house is worse than the prodigal son. Amen? And we find that when we look at the story of the prodigal son, that the son that stayed home, he was just as far away, if not farther, than the son that had gone to a far country. So we look at our text. Now the calamity has occurred, the split has occurred, and now they've become blind. What? They become blind? Yes, let's look at the text. God says, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? See, when you get far enough out there and you disconnected from God enough, you believe that God don't know where you are. You start to look at your situation and see how things are going, and you say, I don't think the Lord knows where I am. I mean, does he not see the calamity and the trouble that's all around me? Uh, the two nations might say, does the Lord not see that Assyria is in the, on his way to, to, to come in and take over the northern kingdom and could slide right on into the southern kingdom that Israel as a whole be no more? Does he not see them mounting up horses and preparing their weapons? I mean, we can even hear the sounds of their horses like a thunderstorm on the horizon. Where is God? Somehow he's forgotten. Somehow he doesn't know where we are. And the Lord is saying, uh, children, who do you think I am that I can't see you? Who do you think I am that I don't know what you're going through? Of course I do. But the first thing that needs to happen is you need to be reminded of who I am. Until you are in remembrance of who I am, you will not realize that I've got everything that you're going to do, everything that you have done, and everything that you're doing in the palm of my hand. And I know how much you can take. Amen. I know how much you can go through. You don't know how much you can, but I do. And when you're looking at somebody else, you see their destruction and you believe that their destruction is going to be your destruction as well. But God is saying, no, 
Remember the Lord. He says, no, remember who I am and that I know where you are. Look at the text. He says, and they say, my just claim is passed over by my God. Not only did Israel and Jacob believe that God had lost them, he didn't know where they were, but that they didn't have an advocate fighting for them. That God somehow had closed up the book and closed out the case and said, no, you don't need a lawyer. Mm -mm, You don't need, you can go ahead and leave the courtroom. Whatever happens, happens. I'm not fighting for you no more. When is it that God ever said that he was not an advocate for those he loved? When is it that God ever said he had a kind of love that was a conditional love? That just because you weren't in the place where he wanted you to be, that he stopped loving you. God never stops loving you. And God chastens those whom he loves. So even when we're going through God's punishment, it's out of love. God doesn't put the paddle on our behind because he hates us. He does it because he loves us. And there are situations that we go through that we believe we have nothing to do with and that it has come upon us and we did not ask for it, nor did we build a fire so that it could be kindled, that God is using for our benefit. That God is using not to destroy us, but to build us up. And sometimes you scratching your head when you think about it, you say, how in the world can this be helpful for me? Well, children of God, be rest assured that if you can't figure it out, know that God has already worked it out. If you can't get your head around it, don't feel bad. Because when could a finite mind get around an infinite God? See, every time I think about that, then I start to realize sometimes I just got to rest. Sometimes I just got to put that thing down and let God handle it. Because I don't understand it. I can't figure it out. I've been through a whole lot of courses in mathematics, and there's no derivation or equation that I can use. I just got to give it to God and let him have it. Amen? Amen. I can't balance one side from the other. I can't find out from the English language how to get the proper grammar. I just got to let God have it. Amen. After I'm done, then God. Amen. Amen. So we look at the text. Now the questions really start. Verse 28, he says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. God says to his children, he says to us, hmm, I could have swore I taught y'all. I could have swore that I've already explained this to you. I've already told you about who I am. But you seem to have acquired spiritual amnesia. Somehow, it's like you can't remember who I am. Did you not hear? Did, I could have swore I sent my prophets and 
my preachers to tell you and I gave you my word. Did you, did you not hear it? Were your ears stopped up? Did, did, was it a day that there was too much ambient noise and you couldn't hear the word clearly? What's going on? Why are you saying these things if you know and you heard? So he says, maybe you ain't, maybe you haven't known, maybe, maybe you haven't been given this knowledge and maybe you haven't heard it before. Have you heard that uh, the everlasting God, the Lord, the everlasting God, the God that never runs out, right? The God that never gets tired, the God that never sleeps nor slumbers, the everlasting God, the God that never stops working, the God who never stops loving. The God who never stops forgiving. The God who never stops providing. The God who never stops protecting. That God. The God who never stops giving peace in the midst of the storm. That, that God. Have you never, have you never heard? Have you not known? The, the, the everlasting God. You know, the, the Lord. The, the Lord here. The Lord. The Lord that is the covenant keeping God. The Lord that when Israel was in the throes of the Egyptian oppression, when they were making them make bricks without straw, when they were beating them uh, with whips, amen, and mistreating them, have you not heard, have you had known that God is a deliverer? Did you not hear about the 10 plagues? Did you not hear about the deliverance and the spoils where God took his people out from amongst those oppressors? Do you not know that he is able to part the Red Sea and let his people walk across dry land? Is there a Red Sea in your life that you feel like you can't cross over to safety? Don't you know that God can part that sea and let you walk across? on dry land. Amen. Have you not heard? Do, do you not know this everlasting God? I, I could have swore I put him in your heart. But you act like you don't even know him. Amen. He says, and don't you worry. There's nothing out of my sight because I am the creator of the ends of the earth. What he's saying here is everything that you know to be your world, I created. And not only that, there is a creation outside of what your knowledge is able to grasp that I created that too. You know, I was reading an article that, uh, that some scientists were writing about the cosmos, the, 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 the greater universe, amen. Uh, that, that earth, amen, which we have not successfully been able to get off of on a regular basis, amen, uh, it's just a very, 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 very small peck in the entire cosmos. That over the years of getting more powerful equipment that we found that not only do we have our solar system, but there are millions of solar systems within galaxies and many galaxies as well. That when we look out and we see the stars at night, we're looking out and we're seeing other solar systems. 
Amen. We can't even get to off earth to the moon again, more or less get to Pluto in our own solar system. And we're looking at other solar systems every clear night when we see the stars. And there are things that we can't even see that's out there that God created. It's this God. It's this God who's that big, that powerful, that wants a personal relationship with you. And you're saying that he doesn't know where you are? Hmm. There's nothing that he created and that has been created that was not created by him. And he doesn't know where little bitty man is on one planet and the situations that man is going through. Hogwash, as the country boys say. Amen. God knows what you're going through. And just because God delays in delivering you does not mean he has denied you. Never forget that because part of our, our learning, part of our edification is learning how to be patient. You know, the saying is don't pray for patience. You don't have to because God is going to work some patience in your life, whether you like it or not. Amen. He's going to bring some situations in your life that you ain't going to be able to do nothing about it. And you're going to have to wait upon the Lord. Amen. You can't do nothing with it. Amen. And you just got to wait on the Lord to provide and deliver. Amen. You got to wait on the salvation of the Lord. But looking at our text, don't worry. No matter how big your problem gets, God doesn't get tired. He never faints, nor does he get weary. You say, well, gosh, there's billions of people on the planet and all their problems, and God got time for mine? Yes, he does. And you know what? All the problems of all the billions of people in the world, all wrapped up together, is nothing for the Lord. The Lord doesn't get weary, <laughs> and he don't faint. Because the Lord we serve, one of his attributes is that he's omnipotent. What omnipotent means is that he has all power. And the last time I checked, there's nothing on the other side of all. So if he's got all power, then all the problems in all the world from all the people is just a drop in the bucket for the Lord. Amen. And he knows where you are. In Sunday school this morning, we were talking about when God's voice walked through the garden in the cool of the day, that he asked Adam, where art thou? God did not ask him that because he was wondering where Adam was, because he knew where Adam was, because God also has an attribute called omnipresence. That means God can be everywhere and all the time. So nobody can go anywhere except to God. It don't matter how far you go or where you go to hide, there's God right there. So you never get out of his sight. He never goes to sleep, he never gets tired, and he never faints. So no matter how big your problem is, God can solve it. And just because he has delayed in doing so does not mean that he's denied it. And sometimes our problem and the way God is working it out is intricate enough that he's working in the background and doing stuff that we don't even know that he's doing. Just because we have not seen the manifestation of it does not mean God ain't working on it. Amen. And he's working for our good. Because remember that there is nothing, whether 
good or bad that's not working for our good because all things work together for the good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Amen? Amen. So then we look at our text and we find out that God gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. He says, you know, you say, well, God, I just can't do it. I mean, do you see how strong my enemy is? Do you see how oppressive they are? They seem like they got all the, the artillery. They got all of the positions of power. They got all of the, the connections. And I can't do nothing. God says, well, wait a minute. Now, if I'm your God, then I've got the power to give you strength. Amen. See, even when the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. See, there's some folk that think they're strong right now, but they're on their way to a fall. And there's others who are believing that they're weak but trusting in the Lord and he's going to make them strong. Amen. There's some folk on the top that's going to eventually be on the bottom. Amen. Just wait and see the salvation of the Lord. See, God has a way of doing some things. Amen. And he will put things in the hearts of men and move them in directions to get his purposes done. You just need to be ready that when God say move, move. Amen. And see the salvation of the Lord. See, when Israel was right there on the edge and right there at the bank of the, of the Red Sea. Amen. When they were right there and they couldn't see no way out. They had the armies on the back and they were coming for them. God says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And lo and behold, he used Moses and his staff to open up a door that hadn't been there before. Like we said this morning, only God is the one who can make something out of nothing. Never had the Red Sea parted and never had parted such that it parts and then the ground was dry. But the God you serve can make things happen that you would never believe that could happen. But you got to trust him. You got to wait on him because God's time is not our time. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But he knows where you are. And we look at the text and we close, amen, with verse 31. That we see that even those with strength, they will fall down. Amen. Even those who got great connection and master great wealth, uh, they can go broke. Uh, but they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They shall mount up wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint when your world is cloudy and you can't see your way through if you wait upon the Lord and extend your wings God will send forth a kind of wind that will carry you above the cloudy murky ways of your problems that you can fly high and transcend your problems and see that the sun is still shining. 
you can see it from God's perspective and look down and see that the problem that seemed to be so big now that you are above it is ever so small that's the God that we serve children that if you keep on trusting him and never doubt he is sure to bring you out he knows where you are and he knows what you're going through keep on trusting him whether you're on the mountaintop or the valley low whether you're going through a mist or through the clouds though the clouds may be dark and the thunder may roll trust in the lord and he will see you through god bless you and god keep you is my prayer amen praise the name of the lord the doors of the church are open saints of god and if there's somebody here today who doesn't know our savior jesus christ and wants to get to know him today the Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. Come to Jesus just now. Come unto While you have time, come unto Jesus, make up your Wow.